Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, this time with our Community Outreach Roundtable. Today is Saturday, July 15, 2023. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clayman, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a panelist with us today. That is Dee James. She's a U.S. Army combat veteran and CEO of Repatriate Our Patriots. And we have an, a discussion about deported veterans. Yes, people may not realize, but people who are not U.S. citizens actually can serve in the military. We have an ABC News Nightline video and audio clip. Many deported U.S. veterans hope for a path to citizenship. More than a thousand miles from his home state of Texas. We're all cowboy fans. Stuck with them wherever I go. Joe Rico, a decorated U.S. Navy veteran, has been stuck living in this unfamiliar place. Five years ago, a judge deported him from the U.S. to Mexico. I got deported from on my home, America, from my mom, everybody, everybody's over there. His deportation was triggered by a conviction on drug charges, which he says stemmed from his struggles with addiction after he returned home from war. Went through some depression, got in trouble, and I even asked the judge, are you really going to deport a veteran? And he's like, well, I thank you for your service, but... This year you gotta go. His greatest support is back home in Texas. His mother, Frances Garcia, and she's devastated. Mi hijo. Mi único hijo. Dreaming of the day when she might be able to embrace her son again. And now Joe is about to get his chance to return home. I'm ready to go back home. My mom, she's waiting for me. It's been a long time. Joe is just one of hundreds, maybe thousands of veterans who feel they were unfairly deported to their birth countries for various crimes. Since the Revolutionary War, non-U.S. citizens have been allowed to serve in the U.S. military. Today, more than 32,000 of them are enlisted, many of them lured by an enticing incentive. If they serve in the U.S. military, they might get American citizenship. When Joe was just four years old, he came to Texas from Mexico with his family. Why were they coming here? Uh, for the American dream, uh, better better life. Your dad wanted a better life for the family? My mom, my mom, she's, she says they went. How would you describe Frances? Beautiful, uh, best mom in the world. Joe had legal permanent resident status, but wasn't a US citizen. When September 11th happened, he decided to enlist, <coughs> spurred on not only by the prospect of citizenship, but by an urgent sense of patriotism. What was your heart telling you? Sign up. Sign up. Sign up, step up, and I did. Joe was deployed twice in the Iraq War. And while you were there protecting the United States, how did that feel? I feel good. I feel like I was doing something. I like you giving back? Proud, giving back. Make myself proud. I love it. I miss it. 
He wanted to become a U.S. citizen, but he says trying to navigate the process and the paperwork while serving was difficult. Wasn't there a time that you could have requested full citizenship and maybe have prevented the deportation? I did. I sent, I sent out a package, whole fingerprints, uh, picture IDs, everything, and I have my whole package. And nothing became of it? Nothing became of it. It got lost in the system. Joe says he never followed up. After he was honorably discharged, he went to college, bought a house. But he says he also started to struggle with his mental health. He believes he suffered from PTSD, though was never formally diagnosed. If you hadn't had it, do you think you would have turned to drugs? No, I don't think so. I was doing great until that part of my life came in. To cope, Joe says he started using methamphetamine and eventually started selling it to support his addiction. He served five years in prison on the drug convictions. Now, you understand you broke the law. I so. broke the law. Yeah, I understood the whole did the crime, do the time thing, but getting deported, it's like getting punished twice. I'm still paying for it. In his fight to get back home, Joe started working with Robert Vivar, who runs an advocacy group helping deported veterans with paperwork and access to legal services. It is pretty common for that situation to have occurred where they actually applied for citizenship and never followed them through. Non-U.S. citizens serving in the military have long been subject to deportation for violent crimes like murder. But deportations like Joe's for non-violent crimes have increased since 1997, after the Clinton administration passed the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act. It created a category called aggravated felony, where any conviction of more than one year carried automatic deportation. On top of that, it took away discretion that an immigration judge could use when addressing an issue of a veteran in removal proceedings. A 2019 report by the Government Accountability Office found that many deported veterans' convictions were drug-related and that Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, policy requires the agency to take additional steps to proceed before a veteran is deported, but that ICE did not consistently follow its policies and did not consistently identify and track such veterans. And that was the ABC News Nightline video audio clip about deported veterans. We have our panelists with us, D. James, he's a U.S. Army combat veteran and CEO of Repatriate Our Patriots. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So according to the U.S. Customs and Immigration and Enforcement's website, there's close to 100,000 U.S. military veterans that are non-citizens. Close to 100 de deportations in the last five years has going back to 2018. What is going on? What is being done to try to help and what your organization is trying to do to try to help people who have served this country, been deployed sometimes in many cases, um, served in combat, to get them back here at their homes, which is really here in the United States? Yeah, so our organization focuses on advocating and educating the public that this is happening. There's a lot of people that are unaware that this is actually going on uh, in our service. And we are also preventing any future deportations. Uh, Repatriate our, our Patriots is only one of several organizations that work tirelessly across the borders um, to help veterans. Um, veterans like Joe Rico, right? Um, he 
served and he followed his paperwork. He did everything that he was supposed to do, but it got lost in the system. I was one of them. I served in the Army for six years, did, did two combat tours, and did not receive my citizenship. Mm. I did not know that that was even an option. I started two deployments, and my application and my appointment for citizenship, I was not able to attend because I was in Iraq. Wow. So when I left the military, yes, when I left the military, I had no idea that I could have been deported. Uh, we, m- many of us struggle uh, readjusting to civilian life. Uh, we struggle with, um, we try to maladaptively uh, cope with uh, either alcohol, drugs, and some in the, in the criminal justice system. And this is something that you pay for your crime that you committed, and then you're deported. A lot of people think that maybe, hey, you committed a crime and they deport you. No, we have veterans who have served 20 years in prison and then deported. This is Vietnam veterans who are 60 and 70 years old across the border, living in austerity, making maybe five or $10 a day, which is just enough to buy a meal and maybe even pay for the rent where they're living. Wow, that's amazing. Because so you can so they serve long sentences, and in the cases you're talking about, where you have a 20 year sentence, probably more violent. But a lot of the cases we talked about, and what the ABC News report showed, was that a lot of times these cases are not violent. There's this: if you have any arrest that's over a year, where the sentence is a year or more, you're automatically going to be deported. Which you alluded to and mm-hmm. talked about. A lot of people coming back from the military, particularly combat veterans. Many fall into habits that are in, in involved with drugs or alcoholism. Maybe they get small, you know, misdemeanor felonies type type of things or misdemeanors, and all of a sudden they find themselves in court. We have a, we did whole programs on veterans courts, which is designed to try to help people reform themselves. But they're not even afforded that opportunity because if you got a one year or more, you're out. That's that's right. And another thing that uh, that contributes to that problem, right, is that uh, they are not asked whenever they are booked uh, to through the jail system. They are not asked, "Have you served in the military?" And they are not asked those questions. Uh, so they simply don't even um, they don't even qualify for some of the programs that are available for them. Uh, they are contacted. They contact uh, the border patrol or DHS. To come and pick them up and process them for um, deportation proceedings. And I'm sorry, but I'm I'm biased, right? I'm a veteran, but veterans and service members they deserve our respect and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, a grateful nation, we hear it all the time, right? We are a grateful nation, but a grateful nation recognizes that its soldiers have earned their place and ensures that they can become citizens. Make that a responsibility. Make that a priority because. That was the bait that was used for some of them to come in the military and actually allow them to meet their quota. Mm-hmm. Right now, the militaries are hurting for recruits. They're not people are not wanting to join the military, and they are um, they are trying to remain, rem, uh, remove the barriers by completing their naturalization process at basic training. That is an amazing step. That is great news. That is music to every every advocate's ear, ears on this. We want that to be a permanent practice. Mm-hmm. We don't want that to be something that we're only doing because we need the numbers. We need to meet our quota, right? Um, and a grateful nation does not deport its veterans from the nation that they fought to protect and the only country that they know as home. 
And that's what really strikes me because, like, in these many cases, and I've served with people that were that weren't U.S. citizens. People have been there all their lives. They've been there since as as a child. They've been in the United States. They all they know is the United States. They don't even speak any other languages. And then they get deported for something. Maybe they got into a bar fight, or they got a DUI, or you know, you know, some, something that unfortunate happened. They get a drug conviction, like in the case we heard on the TV. The guy was actually using drugs, but then started to sell drugs in order to, to support his habit. Um, of like crystal meth or something like that. And then all of a sudden now he is in this prison system in the court system. And then all of a sudden he's in being deported. Now you mentioned before that also citizenship is used as a selling point for recruiters. So recruiters actually go into neighborhoods where they know that there's a possibility where people want to become U S citizens. They've been here for all their lives. So America is all they know and use this as a way to try to get people to sign up. So speak more about that, but then also tell us more about what the bottom executive order has done that was passed in February 2021, which created the, the Immigrant Military and Veterans Initiative to try to help people, help veterans not get deported. Yes, and so, and, and like you said, uh, a lot of these veterans, they don't speak the language. They are deported back to a country that they don't even remember. They have no families at, and um, it, it's just, it's not it's not just right they're not afforded a second opportunity there are many veterans who struggle with the same challenges right the only difference is that they're united states citizens they serve their sentence and they get a second opportunity a second chance at rehabilitation and rebuilding their lives a non-citizen service member who has the exact same challenges serves their sentence and gets deported to me that's double jeopardy mm-hmm. uh, Right, you have no opportunity to rehabilitation. You have no chance to access the care through the VA that you have earned and fought for, because now you're in an outside country that there are no resources nearby. The Biden administration um, put in place this initiative in, in 2021, uh, along with Secretary Mallorca from the Department of Homeland Security, and I will tell you that. Three days after that initiative was presented, a Marine veteran was deported in Tijuana. Wow. Three days after, right? That speaks to the Department of Home Security, Customs and Border Patrol, not following the policy that has been implemented by considering the military service before they deport a service member. Hmm. They, for them, is just another number. Wow. And it's so sad because a lot of these people are really good citizens. They just need a little bit of help with a lot of people that come back from service, particularly combat service, suffer from PTSD. I believe that all veterans have some kind of form of PTSD at some level, whether we want to admit it or not, or we recognize it or not, at different levels, different extremes. However, when you've done, we've done some um, amazing service for this country, you get caught up in a bad situation. As you mentioned, some people get a second, maybe a third, maybe in a fourth or fifth chance. But when you only have one shot, to get it right and there is no real process in place you thought you signed up to get citizenship you thought you signed up to serve your country and you look, saw this country as your country not some other place that you've never been to you, you, you do everything that's asked of you you make some mistakes but you there is no recourse you're you're gone and now you have to fight to get back to everything that you know you're separated from your family your kids maybe in certain cases now your whole family has to uproot maybe with you if you're married in this case, the gentleman was on, on the, our video clip. He actually was married. His wife had to come down with him because what is she going to do without him? 
Yeah, that is that's very true. A, a lot of the families are left uh, by themselves here in the United States with the children. Uh, the their service member is now deported, and that also brings uh, that goes to the family separation, right? It those families do no longer feel like military family because their service member is not there with them, and a lot of um, issues can arise from that. We have. Uh, teenagers that maybe feel like they were abandoned again by by their uh, service member and that they don't really understand why this is happening. And in addition to that, and you know, you say um, they're deported, right? And they have to fight for a second chance to come back. The only one of the ways that it is for sure that they can come back, it's in a box. Hmm. Service members who are deported and died while in exile they can be buried in a national cemetery in the United States. What does that tell you of the value that this government puts in the lives of a service member who is not a citizen? And I think a lot of this comes from this well, bad legislation. This was done during the Clinton years, but bad legislation, but also, which is a common theme, I think, when we talk about veterans' issues, people don't think about the collateral damage that certain things are just done. People do these these uh, these uh, cheerleader, I call them cheerleader uh, initiatives, where they know that their base or their voters like to hear you're tough on crime, that you're cracking down on the border, or you're tough on illegal immigration, things like that. But you don't actually take the time and effort to really look at the real situations that you're actually affecting and getting down to a real solution. Because once again, these are good people that actually could be positive role models and actually good citizens here in this country. You're deporting people who actually are community servants, people that are going to church on, on Sunday, people that are you know, volunteering, people that are actually trying to help, but they get a DUI. They got into a domestic dispute with their spouse or they got into a bar fight, whatever. And now they're leaving this country for God knows how long, maybe for the rest of their lives. And it's, it's, it is kind of unusual and kind of ironic. You can't get your... You can't go to the VA to get your medical care. You don't have any health insurance in the country you're going to. You don't speak the language. You don't know anybody there. You're going to you're deported into a place. You're literally dropped off at the border. You know, have a nice day. After that, you can't go back to the VA to get your medical benefits that you fought for and didn't deserve. You can't get any of the insurances and things like that that you're that you're supposed to get and you're entitled to. You die, and then you get shipped back in a box to go be buried in a military cemetery. Absolutely. And and that, that is just shameful. It's shameful for America. And one of the things that I do have to say that the initiative um, that President Biden and Secretary Mallorca put forward has helped some veterans come back on humanitarian parole. Some of them have obtained this, uh, citizenship. They've been naturalized. Some of them have obtained their legal permanent resident status. But out of those uh, 75 that were able to come back, uh, not everybody has a legal status. A lot of them are on humanitarian parole. That means that you're just here temporary. If you do not get an extension for your humanitarian parole, you are deported again. Wow. So you have a, a service member who is here for one year. They have to work on their health care. They have to work on their criminal case. And they also have to work on reintegrating with their families. They expect you to do that all of that in one year. So not only do you have this ticking time clock, right, that you have one year to get this done, hopefully you'll be extended. But it's to uh, for us advocates, right, that just puts additional stress on the veterans. 
they do not focus, they cannot follow through the programs and um, workshops that the Veterans Administration has for their recovery, right? They can they cannot attend a six month, seven month um, inpatient recovery uh, seminar because they only have a year to be here. Um, so while the initiative has helped a lot of people and it has removed some of the barriers, uh, there's more work to be done. Um, there continue to be barriers, there continue to be challenges simply because policy is not followed from the top to the down, to down to the agent at the border who was processing that claim or is processing that paperwork. They are not talking to each other at all times. Um, and it just really becomes very frustrating for the family and for the veteran. We have veterans who are targeted and sought out by cartels in other countries mm. so that they can train their cartels um, of people, right? We had a veteran who was kidnapped and he was able to uh, run away and get away. But this uh, service members who are being deported, they are trained soldiers or right. Marines or sailors, right? They are trained. They are valuable. So we are just discarding it you know, to across the border. And I do want to say that um, we have veterans supported all across the world. We have them in Kenya. We have them in Haiti. We have them in Jamaica. We have them in Ukraine. And we have them in the UK. We have them in Canada. So it's not only Latin Americans and Hispanics that are um, suffering from this um, issue, right? Uh, we have uh, two veterans in Haiti where there's really no government. Uh, one of our calls, um, he, somebody behind him was shot right there in the head, wow. right in front of him. Um, and so we have um, we have a real, real challenge here that we need everybody in the public to help us. Um, tell your congressman, tell your legislators why this is so important. Why do they need to make sure that this change uh, uh, Representative Takano, actually on the 12th of July, he just introduced the Veteran Service Recognition Act. This, this bill will bring uh, a lot of changes. It will One of the things that it will do, it will require um, them to consider their military service before deporting a service, uh, uh, someone, a person. And it will also make sure that they complete their naturalization process while in basic training. That's very important. So those of you listening, uh, go on Facebook, go on YouTube, make sure you go check out uh, their website. So what is your website for so people can get information and also get in details about the work that you guys are doing and also get help? Because the process of getting U.S. citizenship in the military is a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of things that are involved. And we saw in our previous stories that sometimes that's information, that paper gets lost in the shuffle. So, But you guys help people get citizenship. Is that correct? Yeah, so we uh, we collaborate with several um, uh, attorneys and legal firms to help uh, people fill out all of the uh, the immigration forms where they could be very tedious and confusing for so many. Um, we are at repatriateourpatriots.org. That is our website. Um, and for anyone listening, I know you guys are. I lost you for a second. Look, you're, you broke up for just a couple of seconds. Still there? Yeah, it looks like you're in a bad spot, maybe, or something with your cell phone. You're getting a little bit uh, warbly. Yeah. You're starting yeah. to come back. Yeah. I, think we, I think we lost her. 
So I wanted to give out a number to you as well because uh, the, the initiatives that have been taking place because of what's happening with deportation, the U.S. government is actually taking this very, very serious. So there are there's a phone number you can call, 877-247-4645. What that number goes to is the U.S. Homeland Department of Homeland Security's number to try and help U.S. Uh, citizens who served or people who are not U.S. citizens, I'm sorry, served, get U.S. US citizenship. It gives you access to VA benefits and also humanitarian parole. Are you back? Yes, I'm back. Uh, Apologies about that. No problem. So one of the things we talked about with the new initiatives to try to help veterans who have served but are not U.S. citizens get citizenship is help with legal costs, help with the paperwork, but also you have some success stories. You have about a minute left. Tell us at least one success story that has helped and, and, and kind of encourage you to keep doing the work that you're doing. Yes, we've had um, a success story uh, here locally, a, a veteran who was in El Salvador. He was uh, suffering from uh, living in austerity, homelessness, and a severe TBI. Um, and he was able to come home uh, in a humanitarian parole, and he is now able to get health care, um, inpatient health care, uh, while the attorneys um, work on his case. So he doesn't have to worry about him not being able to receive his health care. We've, we've also had um, several veterans who have received their citizenship. This, this is amazing. After uh, several years, 20 years of being deported, to come back and be able to receive their, their naturalization and finally be with their families without having to hope and pray that they are able to see them again. It is just, this is why we do the work that we do. One more time, what is your email address and what is your website address? So our website is repatriateourpatriots.org. And if anyone has any questions, they can reach us at rop at repatriateourpatriots.org. And if you want to reach out to the Department of Homeland Security's website to get more information about the initiative that was passed um, by executive order for with Biden, our president, you can call 877-247-4645. That's the Department of Homeland Security's hotline on repatriation and trying to get citizenship for veterans who served in the military. This is America's Heroes Group. Thank you for your time. Dee? Yes. And we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.